welcome to another episode of the other experts podcast a podcast where we talk about the lives and experiences of people of color experts in malaysia on this episode of the podcast we have fatsisai stephanie matewa a market development specialist in malaysia This is your host Chukudi and you're listening to the Other Experts podcast. My name is Fatsai. Um I'm from Zimbabwe. Um I've been living here in Malaysia for quite a while. Uh I think uh on and off for about 9 years now. Okay. And uh, so I did my undergraduate here and then after that I started working here so um I have had a few roles um my first uh full-time role was uh with an airline um so I was working with their uh customer service uh department and then after that um I joined um a BPO uh company uh which works on different um on different IT part projects for other IT companies right so they pro- uh, provide services so what i was doing was um demand generation uh, or business development um so i worked there for a few years for about uh two years uh, and then last year i moved to an IT company where i'm kind of doing the same thing um which is uh, basically business development okay uh, you, you mentioned you've been you've been living here on and off for the past 9 years why or how on and off well um after i graduated i left for a while for about a year or so okay so yeah so i left for about a year and then when i came back that's when i um got my uh first full-time job. Mm, all right. Oh, that's interesting. So that was yeah, that's around like 2013. What's it been like for you though um since since you've been here like um studying studying and then working. What what was the transition like? I mean, um the the transitions have been interesting actually. Mm-hmm. Um I mean there's so many things I could say but okay when I when I started schooling here <laughs> funny enough when uh we had these agents that came to Zimbabwe and then they kind of give you this impression that you're going to paradise <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> when I was applying to come I mean not that Malaysia is not beautiful mm-hmm. but you. then um the school that I went to mm-hmm. was not as glamorous as they <laughs> advertised it to be. <laughs> so when I got here I was kind of disappointed. Oh, okay. Um yeah. But uh so a lot of people talk about um going through culture shock and things like that. I, I there was an element of culture shock a bit for me. But I think I never felt us uh, um away from home because when like from the day I arrived here there was a whole community of people from Zimbabwe and other Africans and um my school was uh uh it's like in the village <laughs> okay so 
everybody is close together basically everybody lives um in close proximity so it, it feels like a community so i think from day one i never really felt like i, I mean i did i was away from home but i didn't feel lonely or um separate you know okay, yeah yeah um but transitioning into work life um I've gone through so many different stages of work life, <laughs> but I would say that uh, the most notable experience or the one thing that I have noticed is that when you start interacting with locals, especially in a working environment, it's uh, such a good opportunity to help them see a different perspective of Africans okay. because um, so uh, because a, a lot of the time they encounter things like in, in social settings that are not so positive, right? Mm, yeah. And I've had so many work colleagues tell me that, oh my God, I didn't know Africans were nice. I didn't know Africans were this. I didn't know, uh, you know, so <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, it, uh, that is, I, that's been the positive experience that um, I've had um, through uh, working here. Um, but other than that, it's been, it's been okay, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you don't sound very sure, but okay, we'll go, we'll go with that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, sometimes it depends on where you're working, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I worked in a call center before that. Uh, by the time I left the job, I was done. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, was, I resigned and was jobless for almost seven months oh. while I was looking for another job. Mm. So that that was how done I was <laughs> with that. But a lot of people can handle the pressure. But for me, I am like, um, I don't like rules, okay. you know? So if you're working in a call center, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Mm. You know, if you want to go to the bathroom, you have to tell the system you're going to the bathroom. If you want to do this, I just, so all those kind of things, like, you know, I prefer a working environment where, um, like, they just give you your, they, they set your expectations for you, and then it's up to you to take ownership of, right. of uh, your responsibilities and deliver on that. So, okay, yeah. that's that's good though, because like, um, I think a lot of people these days actually don't even uh, know or they're not fully aware of what they want or what they like and it's i think it's great that you you have an idea what you're looking for and what you like or prefer yeah yeah okay now you you mentioned the zimbabwe community here is is kind of huge um i think i interviewed i've interviewed a couple of um zimbabweans um how how easy is it for you to get like your your food here I think the so far like um there's there's not a lot of there's no Zimbabwean South African restaurant out here in Malaysia. Um there is one um out of Africa. Does, yeah. does that actually count? Well, I've never really been there so I, I can't I can't judge. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think people who've been there like it's it doesn't really count. It's, it's it counts but it's more of a fusion than an actual South African restaurant. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we don't really 
uh, get a lot of people in, importing food here, except for people who maybe go home and then they just bring um, a few supplies. But I think the the, the challenges, even though our um, sorry our population is a, a, a bit high here, it's not enough to actually run uh, a functional business, or um, it would yeah. Or maybe someone would actually need to do that survey and to really figure out would yeah. they actually would it be financially sustainable to do yeah. that? Mm. So I think that's the major reason why. Because if you go to countries like, um, um, for example, the UK, mm-hmm. you might not be able to find things from Zimbabwe itself, but you can find things from South Africa. Oh, okay, right? mm. which is a somewhat similar almost basically the same right so um and they are able to um um have good business there because uh, i mean the population of southern africans in the uk is really really high Mm. so i think it's more to do with population i mean no one wants to invest in something that um is not going to yield any profit right so yeah i think we should ask the or a market development specialist, um, what she thinks about that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is that something that you miss, though, the food, um, being out here? Or it's, it's um, okay? I miss the natural taste of the food, you know? Right. Like, um, back home, we don't... Uh, even when we... Um, do farming or uh, grow our livestock. We rarely use too much chemicals or too many um, artificial things. So the taste is absolutely um, different. It's completely different. So I think I do miss that natural taste of of food, you know, especially like the beef here and the beef back home. It tastes totally different. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what you, you you like? Are there any Malaysian foods that you like? Um, any favorites? Um, we are fully on food now for now. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, so um, there was a time when I really, really, really liked roti chennai. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but I it's it's so unhealthy, so I had to stop eating that. But yeah. yeah. What's what's the latest favorite? Oh, okay. So I'm on a diet. <laughs> a diet and, that uh, does not include Malaysian food. Yeah, because most of the food is like high in calories or very <laughs> or high carb. So I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> I have to prepare all my meals basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So. So I don't have any uh, latest Malaysian favorites. Okay, okay, it's close enough. Um, mm. Apart from food, though, um, what do you um, like or and don't like most about living abroad, um, especially um, about Malaysia? Okay, so what I like about Malaysia is. Um, well, a few things. For example, one, um, in spite of all the challenges that they're going through um, financially, politically, and all those things, right? Um, um, there is still 
some form of development, they're not stagnant. They're not completely stagnant, you know. So as much as things could be better for them, at least they're not really, really bad. <laughs> like, like where I come from. Yeah. So that's one. Um, two, I think, um, I think compared to most, because I have visited a few countries and compared to most countries, especially uh, Western countries, the life here is pretty laid back. I know people feel like it's stressful, but trust me, it's so laid back. So if you have um, a decent job, life can be very easy for you. So simple things like internet, being able to go, get from play, uh, point A to point B, um, access, access to um, basically anything you need right? It's just at the tip of your fingers. So I think that's a real uh, positive for them. But on the other hand, I think um, as a foreigner, it's really difficult to um, reach your full potential here um, because there's so many limitations um, and so many restrictions that they place that make it difficult. So uh, you yeah, it's just really difficult for um, as a foreigner to for you to really grow the way you should. So if you compare someone with a, a similar, what would I say, similar job title or similar level, yeah. right? Yeah. In another country, you'll see that person might be far, far ahead simply because they have access um, to certain um what I say privileges or basics, you know, that that should be available to everybody but are not available to everyone here. So I think um, that's the biggest drawback for me. When, when you say far, far ahead, um, in, in what terms? Um, financially or like career-wise? Financially, career-wise, um, net worth-wise, <laughs> You know, um, okay. owning property. Career-wise, it's also very difficult depending on the company that you're working for. So, I mean, even here, I'm pretty sure that it would be, even if it's an international company, sometimes it's very difficult for them to put a, a foreigner in a high-level position. Sometimes they get um, restrictions as well. So, all, all those uh, kinds of things, you know, um, just make it a lot more difficult, right? So, I mean, I know people in other countries who actually uh, rent to buy the apartments they're living in, but you can't really do that here, but you're still paying rent, right? Okay. <laughs> so, so it's like money going down the drain, you know? Oh, true, true. So that's just an example. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. I mean, this makes life difficult. Um, I'm talking about um, opportunities and, and limitations. Um, what, what is it like for, for you personally? Um, being a woman, is, is, it has enough limits alone. Like the society puts enough limits on that. And what is mm. it like being a woman and being a black woman in, in Malaysia? Um, okay, work-wise or socially or? Every, every way, in, in every way, like work, uh, work um, social. 
You can okay. st start with work and then we'll go into the social side. Okay, work-wise, honestly, I have um, I have not encountered any direct discrimination as such. Okay. And um, I've been, I mean, I've been fortunate to work for three companies here, so I guess my gender has not limited me yet yeah. <laughs> to an extent. Yeah. And um, the industry that I'm working in now is male dominant but i was still able to penetrate that so um you know i know women are facing a lot of challenges but a lot of people are are, are opening up now and um they're not really focusing on that as much as they used to you know but i mean the advice i would give not only as uh, women but as foreign as is like if you're going to apply for a job try and apply for a job in a company that is internationally owned yeah, yeah. <laughs> i say this because the person who's going to um uh go through your application is more likely to be open-minded right. you know True. so i think so far for me that has worked in in my favor Okay, all right. And socially? Uh, socially. <laughs> okay. Funny enough. Right. Funny enough. Like, um, I ex I've experienced more um, aggression from local women than from local men. Okay. So, um, I will give like an example on two occasions I have uh, visited the police station, right, yeah. to uh, make different reports. And um, on both occasions, the women there were very aggressive towards me. Like, I don't even know why. <laughs> it's like, I, what did I do? <laughs> I'm coming to you for help. It's not like, it's not like I did something and I'm running away from you. I'm literally coming to you for help. And in all these both situations it's actually the males that end up um helping me out and so I, I really don't understand you know i was talking to my friend the other day and i was like you know i feel like even though women do experience um a lot of discrimination from men and um all those things i think as women we also really we're really really hard on each other and a lot of the times for no reason you know, yeah. so I that's not really a topic that people talk about, but it's something that I have noticed over and over again. So now, even if like um, if I'm going through immigration or going anyway, really honestly, I just try and go for a guy because <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like women just don't like other women, and I don't know why. <laughs> okay, that's like the opposite of what everyone would expect, but yeah. Exactly right. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean that's my experience. I don't know about that. <laughs> Talking about social, what's your social life like? What do you do when you're not working? Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like live music, so sometimes on Fridays I do that. Um, sometimes at work we have some work outings and stuff like that, and then. Um, Sometimes I go out with my friends, but we all have different uh, 
working schedules. So, I mean, it usually takes like a month or two to plan that. So, okay. yeah, but that's basically the gist of it or just sleep, really. <laughs> when you say Netflix, though, um, what you have any recommendations that listeners should check out on Netflix? Personally, um, I'm into crime stuff (laughs) and uh, investigation things like that like reality or documentary stuff so i recently watched uh the the trials of uh gabriel fernandez Um, it's a really sad story but then uh it's quite interesting to watch and see how how human beings can be (laughs) so yeah if you're into that kind of stuff, maybe. Okay, I'm sure there'll definitely be a lot of people into crime and investigations. Yeah. Uh, plus, yeah, I don't mind watching. Is is it like a series or a documentary? It's a limited series. Yeah, docu docu series. Is docu that series. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it has about six episodes. So. Okay. All right. And live music, um, are there any nice places to go for live music in KL, Malaysia, in general? Like, um, well, there are a lot of places. Um, what's, what's your top, top two places? Top three, let's make it top three. Um, no Black Tie is nice, All right. uh, Tom Dick and Harry's. Mm uh sold out is also nice okay uh, cafe whip is also nice all right. i think yeah <laughs> all right that that was like four i think that should be i think everyone has enough ideas now so yeah right <laughs> <laughs> all right um what what is something that um every expat in malaysia should try at least once um while they're here and and why you think they should try that one thing. Hmm. Okay, that's that's um, tough one. That's a tricky one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, okay, everyone should just go to Langkawi at least once yeah. in their life. You put it. <laughs> Let me say that. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one thing they should try because it's it's really fine and um, like I I feel like. Because even as students, we used to go there, you know, so I think even if you're on a really, really strict budget, mm-hmm. you can still have a lot of fun. So um, I think it can fit everybody's pocket. And uh, yeah. So yeah, that's the one thing I would say. What's What's been the most influential book you've read and, and why? Okay. Hmm. Okay, so this is a tough one. Yeah, another tough one. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I would say the most influential book. It's not a. It's not even a self help or educational book. Or. Um. So in high school, I used to read a lot of Nancy Drew. A lot of. Nancy Drew. Okay. Nancy Drew. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's that's where I got the love of. Uh, crime and investigation and detective stuff and all that. So, um, I I think uh, I would 
say that book has gotten me interested in um okay the reason why i really into those things is when you watch some of these uh documentaries okay especially the particularly the real ones right um you get to see how people get to the decisions that they make you know it just a lot of these people it just doesn't start in one, in one day it's like a progression and um so I always tell people that uh, maybe in another life I, I should have been a criminal profiler. I think I would have enjoyed that. So yeah, I'm gonna say that's the most influential book. <laughs> yeah, you know it's not too late for you to be a criminal profiler, right? Oh my god! Well, the challenge is I used to love reading books, but now. <laughs> No, it's crazy. And you have to do things like psychology and for psychology you have to read a lot, right? Yeah. So what your favorite productivity tool is? Productivity tool or resource? Hmm. When you say tool, like for example Um, it can be like apps, um, say like Google Drive, Dropbox, mm-hmm. um something that helps you be more productive. Oh, I don't think I have I have one app that is really but um Google Keep Notes. Yes, okay. Yeah. It's it's very useful because a lot of the times I just I'm very forgetful, so I just use it to write things down and I know I can always get back to it anytime. Um and then I mean that ties back to the Google Drive, so a lot of the time I might not have access to my laptop, but uh, uh, with Google Drive, that means like my phone basically becomes my laptop if I'm on the go. So um, yeah, I would say those two things. Okay, yeah, those, those work. Um, I think to kind of wrap up the episode, um, what, what advice would you have for um, people of color experts who want to settle in Malaysia? And whether they're students um, trying to planning to find a job here or they've already been here, um, what advice would you have for them? Um, okay, so for um, people trying to settle down, uh, I think uh, it's very important that you consider um, what your long-term strategy is, you know, especially if you have a family. Um, this is not a place like where you will get a PR at the end of the day or things like that, right? So I would say for most foreigners, we should not have the mindset that, okay, I'm here for, I mean, I don't know, things might change in future, but for now, like, so you really need to understand um, how long you want to consider being here and what you really want to achieve while you're here. So if you have um, that kind of target, um, you will work towards that and um, possibly move on to the next stage. Because a lot of us, I've noticed, we kind of get stuck in the merry-go-round, you know, where um, year after year, we're like, okay, next year I'm going to move, next year I'm going to move, but then we don't really actually end up making those moves. So um, uh, setting those clear goals and working towards them is very important. 
Um, and then for students uh, looking for jobs, I would say first thing is, um, guys, please fix your CVs. <laughs> Seriously, I've seen some really crazy CVs out there, and some are okay, right? But some are just like, you know, the person who's going to view your CV, first of all, is a human being, mm-hmm. right? So they have emotions too, right? So, <laughs> so if your CV is disorganized, they're just going to look at it and say, you know what, even if you're the most qualified person, right? They're just going to say, thank you, next. They're not even going to bother because they have like a hundred other CVs waiting to be screened, right? So just make sure your uh, CV is in order. Um, talk to people who, who have done it before and get some advice on that. Second thing, I always tell people this, LinkedIn, 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 right? Um, I, I tell people, I mean, the same way you use Facebook, same way you should be using your LinkedIn. Like, it should be your social media. Like, um, constantly update your profile. Um, look into um, how to... Um, structure your profile in a way that makes it easy for recruiters to find you. There's a lot of um, articles online. Um, I personally get at least one or two messages from recruiters. doesn't mean I'm the one who will eventually get the job, but the point is it means that it really is possible as a foreigner for a recruiter to reach out to you and say, hey, are you interested in applying for this job? It's not an impossibility. We just have to know how to present ourselves, right, um, in a way that that is appealing to, um, to those recruiters. So I think uh, those are the main things I would want to um highlight and uh, maybe the thing is um don't give up (laughs) Uh, yeah don't give up and um nothing is impossible for sure okay what's the worst thing you've seen in a cv so far (laughs) worst thing um I don't know how to describe it. I would have to show you. <laughs> it just wasn't arranged properly. Okay. Like, almost like it was upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm really, I'm pretty sure you don't present your assignments in school like this. So, <laughs> so I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of CV makers out there. So yeah. you can use a CV maker if you if you don't know how to structure it and then talk to some even my cv is not perfect um it's just that i'm not searching right now but the day i decide that i'm maybe searching for a job uh, those are the things that i start looking into because things change every day so you need to be up to date and stuff like that um if you can afford it get someone to help you with it you know there are people out there who charge for those services so uh, you, I think at at some point you mentioned like um, permanent residency is not an option here. This is, by the way, um, on the side. Um, mm-hmm. You don't believe in MM2H um, here. Oh, what is MM2H? I don't like know. Malaysia, my second home. Yeah, but you have to have a certain uh, amount of money to okay. do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which one? 
of course, the average um, African foreigner yeah. in this country cannot because yeah. likely people are coming here to study and mm. then looking for jobs, right? So they yeah. cannot afford that option. Yeah, that's true. True. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, those are the limitations that I was talking about. They, they're making it ridiculously impossible, right? Because the average, average person cannot. On that note, we'll round up um, this episode of the Other Expats podcast. Uh, thank you, Fatsisai, for joining me on this episode. Yeah, sure. No worries. This episode of the Other Expats podcast was created and edited by Reward Inc. The intro soundtrack was by Big Main Sound Machine, edited by The Small Room Production. Listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Music, and more. Connect with us on your preferred social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Visit our website, otherexperts.com, for resources, blog updates, and more.